You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, uh, our national nightmare is over, as our friend Desmond Zantua said on Twitter. Uh, the Rangers are done. Their season is over after a 2-1 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we're going to talk about that a lot in this first half and then get to some minor Islanders news in the second half. But uh, I know you're feeling pretty good. I think a lot of our listenership is feeling pretty good. And uh, it's always a good day when the Rangers season is over when you're an Islanders fan. <laughs> oh, it's great. It is. Um, it's it's the the sense of relief is just. It's yeah. un, it's hard to like even describe because during the whole run, you're, you're sitting there thinking uh, you, you're convinced that that this team is going to win. They're going to just like luck, luck their way to the Stanley Cup. Um <laughs> And, and it looked that way for a long time. It did. I mean, when they went up two nothing, I had <laughs> right. th- three different. A lot of times during the run, like I would kind of just take pity on myself and like text some people and just be like, "Man, I can't believe they're gonna win." And then everybody would respond saying, "Like, relax. They're they're not going. They might win this <laughs> round, but they're not going further." And then when they went up two nothing on the Lightning, uh, those replies stopped. It was mostly, <laughs> "Yeah, you're right. Like, I, I are gonna." Win. Um, and it just. <laughs> The the relief is just – it really does make you wonder if it, if it was all worth it because it just feels so good. Like the, the weight off the shoulders is like – it's so incredible. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking back to a couple moments, one of which was uh, game seven against the Hurricanes in basically in, in the middle of the first period when it became apparent that 
Carolina just was not going to win. Um, and, and you just had to kind of sit there and wait and be like, this sucks. Like, I know the Rangers going to win this game and it's torture. And then the second moment was the Lightning uh, losing game two and then going down to nothing in game three. And that just kind of dark pit of despair you're sitting in. And I just, th- I was thinking to myself, yeah, it's just, even even if the Lightning come back and win, it won't be worth it. It's not ever going to be worth what I'm feeling right now. It's not going to be worth the f- sitting up at night, like wondering what, like, how am I going to be able to handle a summer where the Rangers have won the Stanley Cup in a year where the Islanders were supposed to be better than them and looked like they were going, um, you know, heading in the right direction. Like all, all the kind of outside extenuating circumstances that you throw into that, like, how am I going to handle this? Like the team is nauseatingly annoying and, <laughs> and it's it don't, like, even if they do lose, if they lose to the avalanche or the lightning, it's just not, it's not worth it. Like I got to figure out a better way to, to handle this. Uh, and then when I watched, uh, I guess I think it was Alex Kalorn in the corner, kind of kill off those last couple seconds of the season. I was like, I was wrong. It was just <laughs> so worth it. It's like, it's, it's taking all of that, existential dread and wondering if like I will you ever watch hockey again will you ever like how long will it take you to get back like fully back into the NHL and right. the Islanders if the Rangers won the Stanley Cup um in this fashion like how long will, will it take before you can like truly be passionate about the Islanders again mm. you take all that dread you bottle it up you shake it up like a soda and then you pop the lid and you just watch it just phew, explode like it's totally worth it i mean it's just the 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 mood i was in from i guess around 11 p.m last night till you know this today and it'll last a few more days for sure um rangers uh exit interviews are tomorrow Mm. we we get to talk a little bit uh, in a little bit we'll talk about how they lost and and Mm. some lineup decisions etc that that kind of led them there um so some some fun stuff to kind of think about going wrong for them in the off season um (laughs) Yeah, so the, the mood is just, it's going to stay high mm. uh, for a couple days here. And, like, it, it felt so good to just open my drawer today, put in an Islander shirt, walk my dog, and go out and be like, there's probably some Ranger fans driving by me right now or seeing me wearing an Islander shirt, and they know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because I, too, wore an Islander shirt today <laughs> to the gym, uh, which isn't unusual. I wear it all the time to the gym. But, yeah, I, I was looking around because I know there's a few people that wears like Ranger stuff and I'm looking around and I'm like, nobody is here today. And I was like, ah, forget it. Like, it's not it's not worth it. But uh, actually, so last night, um, uh, Saturday night uh, before Game 7 started, my wife, my daughter and I went out for ice cream and uh we saw two people wearing Rangers jerseys and uh, my daughter. Now, again, we live in New Jersey. My daughter was like, you know, I never see any devils stuff. I see some some kids at school wear Rangers stuff. There's like one other Islanders fan, I think. And But I never see devil stuff. And I'm like, you know, not for nothing. But like the devils have won three Stanley Cups since 1995. And the Rangers have won one since 1940. And my wife was like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like one cup in, in 80 years. She's like, you're kidding me. I'm like, no, that's the whole thing. And she's like, then why do they, why do their fans, because she has fans, who, students who are fans too. She's like, why do they act like their shit don't stink? And I'm like, that's just because how it is, man. That's just the way it is. I said, and I went into a whole thing about the Knicks too. I'm like, the Knicks act as if they're some kind of marquee franchise. They haven't won a championship since the year the Islanders were founded. <laughs> Nobody knows. And we care. Every time somebody's a big time free agent in the NBA, it's like, oh, the Knicks are coming with all their money. Those dudes never sign with the Knicks. They, you know, and if they do, they're like old and fat and they're just terrible and they have 
buying them out anyway. Like that's just how it is. They played this very overrated arena and they are a marquee franchise despite decades of futility, basically. And so they were shocked at, to, to <laughs> learn of this, this fun fact. But um, I am proud to say that uh, I did not watch one second of this entire playoff run for the New York Rangers. Uh, and I did not watch any of, of game six against the lightning. Uh, what I do know uh, from what I've been able to piece together and, and I'll throw it to you in a second for a little bit more of a nuanced analysis, but uh, a, they could not score very much at five on five, which is obviously a problem in the playoffs. And uh, in game six, we had some, uh, some lineup decisions, like you said, and I like to call it uh capo scratcho. Uh, we had lineup <laughs> decisions uh, that have rankled some uh, some fans. Also, Artemi Panarin. People are just now realizing that he cherry picks by the blue line uh, during games. Like, apparently, this was a this was a big secret. I don't. Know, I've noticed that every time the Rangers and Islanders play. Uh, apparently, the Lightning figured it out because he didn't do a whole lot in the series. Um, and now they're done. So, I mean, I didn't watch anything. Again, you know, not scoring a five on five is a problem. But that's as far as I know. They went, and then just dudes kind of went silent. Uh, and Ryan Strom was hurt. And if you told me that somebody's playoff run rested on a healthy Ryan <laughs> Strom, I would have said, wow, what, what dimension am I in right yeah. now? But oh, is, who is it, the Springfield Falcons? Yeah, yeah exactly. This is the Bridgeport Islanders. So, yeah, so there you go. So, I mean, yeah. you, you watched every game. Like, you and I are different in this way. Like, I don't want to yep. watch them, but you watch them all the time. Yeah, uh, I you know, it's it's petty, and, and I'm always happy <laughs> to go out, get out in front of this and say, like, I, I am a huge loser um, who <laughs> takes a lot of pride in, uh, you know, I, I guess. So it's a blessing and a curse for Islander fans to to have these teams that you hate maybe just as much as you love the Islanders. Right. It's it's a little different, but it's it's up there in the same kind of <laughs> level um, in the Leafs and the Rangers. And uh, it's a it's a it's a curse until it's a blessing. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's horrible. Like. I've been waiting for this day since basically Thanksgiving when it became pretty clear <laughs> that the Islanders were playing in a cursed uh, mm. form of the NHL. Like they were just, they were playing in hell while the rest of the NHL was not. And, um, and, and it was and the, as the Rangers and Leafs were, you know, picking up steam through the regular season. Um, and it became clear, like, you know, they're, it's, it's unlikely that they're going to win the Stanley cup, but they're, they're going to, they're good right like mm-hmm. so it's from from that day on till to till last night at you know 10 30 i've been waiting for that moment and that's a long time to be sitting there and waiting and um the the way the game unfolded the way the whole thing unfolded was kind of it was it was it was like a perfect uh, we say this a lot but like it became a nice metaphor for for what the rangers run was all about um you know shesterkin they they got badly outplayed the whole game <laughs> Ray Ferraro is just like the Rangers need to like pick it up or something they can't just keep relying on Shesterkin like something will end up behind him um and it happened Stamco scores whatever and then you know that it became you know they are only down one nothing going to the third period if they can just find something you know get a power play mm-hmm. whatever um and this is a game where the refs weren't really calling anything Victor mm-hmm. Hedman Alexis Lefrenier is quickly entering Chris Kreider territory of <laughs> being just an absolute punk and uh he he cheap shotted Victor Hedman in the jaw with his elbow. Uh, Jacob Truba hit Corey Perry about ten seconds after the puck got by him. No calls on either of those. <laughs> um, and then of course in the third period with with about seven minutes left, Lafreniere absolutely flops. I think it was a penalty on Stamkos too, <laughs> but but he he like 
got held. His he, Stamkos kind of chicken winged him. Stupid play. Lafreniere realizes what just happened, and then so two seconds after the infraction, then throws up like he you know like a very much a soccer dive kind of thing. <laughs> flops down, draws the penalty. Uh, the, the Rangers end up scoring, and this is why I say it's a perfect metaphor for for this team and maybe even the whole fan base is. This team is, is such an entitled bunch of losers that <laughs> 21 seconds after they let they score a goal to tie the Eastern Conference final down 3-2 in a game where they've been badly outplayed and they can just say, you know, wow, we just scored and against the run of play, we're back in this game. If we just play, you know, get our act together a, even a little bit, we can drag this game to overtime or or get lucky in the last couple minutes here. And it was late too. Like, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, six like, minutes left or so, right. five and a half. 21 yeah. seconds after that goal, which should have been the, the moment where they all snap into form and push and, and come together and galvanize, they give up a two on one from nothing. Like, like Jacob <laughs> Truba gets caught flat footed. Stamkos just blows by him. Kucherov on the other side, great pass from Palat to Kucherov to Stamkos. Goal. Shesterkin complains about it for some reason, no idea why. <laughs> and but it just it really just goes to show you that like this team, they, they're like, oh, we tied this game up, like we did it, we're we're in this game, uh, we're gonna win. Like that's that's basically what that that goal f- felt like to them. You can tell from the way they just kind of celebrated it, the way they all they did was tie this game up, but they acted like it, mm. like going up two nothing in the series when everyone was acting like the series was over. And that the Rangers had just accomplished something uh, by just going up to nothing in a best of seven series where you need to win four. Um, they they thought that was you know some, something worth resting your you know mm. resting your laurels on. Yeah, and they got caught uh, twenty one seconds later, and uh, they it was I mean I, I was doing that whole you know, rubbing my eyes because I couldn't believe what had just happened. <laughs> Stamco scored right, um, and it. it then you know the, the of course like the last five minutes were just tortured right. it's, you know everyone listening knows how long it feels uh in that situation and um when it was over uh then everybody kind of started talking about how just because his team is young and they have the goalie um a good goalie like that this window is wide open for the rangers wide open like this is only the beginning where like you take a step back and just look at the bigger picture of what just happened, which was they just sc- healthy scratch their number two overall pick, who clearly the coach and GM <laughs> don't like, in favor of Ryan Strom, who was c- completely compromised, and Dryden Hunt. Mm. Like, okay, so something's going to happen with Kako. Um, <laughs> this team, they need, they, they don't have any cap space, right? Uh, Adam Fox goes from making nothing to making nine and a half million dollars, and he's great and he's worth that contract, sure, but, um, now you have him and Truba making seventeen and a half million combined, and they have to get Lafreniere at the end of, at the end of next year. They well, have Strom, Cop, Vitrano, a whole bunch of them right. are UFAs. Yeah, like they have to fill basically the entire middle of their lineup. Yeah. And <laughs> their backup goalie, like they don't have a, they don't really have any goaltending depth in their organization. And you, you, then you think about what they did this season, which was twenty seven come from behind wins, <laughs> uh, career years at a Criders, a Banajad. Sturkin, uh, Fox, Truba, like all these guys had pinnacle years in their career. Like, sure, some of them, they'll be good again next year, but you don't get that. That's not going to happen again. Like this was their best opportunity. And I'm not just saying that because of the the way that, you know, how close they got, but just because of, if you 
look back at the roster and now realize what they need to do. And now that they've complicated their situation with Kako, I don't, it's just funny to me that just because like, Oh, they're so young and feisty. Uh, they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to be right back. Like this is, this, mm. they'll come right back. How, how often have we said that about teams? Like, <laughs> and then the next year, sure. Maybe they get back or whatever. Like mm. nobody's the, the, the hurricanes. I remember when they lost to the Bruins, in the Eastern Conference final, everyone was like, "This team is just—they're—they're they're on knocking on the door for the Stanley Cup final. They—they they haven't been back to the conference final since. It's—it's mm. uh, it's the Stars a couple years ago with the the Stanley mm. Cup, then the Canadians last year make it to the Stanley Cup. Well, and, hello, and uh, how many years in a row are the Leafs going to get picked to win the right. Cup and they exactly. can't get out of the first round? <laughs> so it's 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 not like it's it's not just. Right. It, and it's that sense of entitlement that it's yeah. hilarious. Like, and it's different from the Leafs. Right? The Rangers, it, the Rangers' and sense of entitlement is, and Leafs' sense of entitlement is very different because the Leafs, the fan base is there all year long, and annoyingly so. Right, like they are there. They're telling you about William Nylander's having a, an incredible February. This is great. Like they're <laughs> play, they're winning playoff style games against. The Sabers or the Senators or the the Sharks. Austin or Matthews is having a selkie trophy like yeah. season. Yeah, exactly. he's, he's worked on his two way game. Like right. like they are there in the weeds mm. and they are telling you why this year is different. 365. and then there's they lose in the first round and <laughs> and then they they sulk or they they first or they celebrate it like they mm. did this year for some reason they they do something. Um, whereas the Ranger fans like the fan base it, they just show up like it just it just it, like game four of the penguin series i don't like i know they were they went down three one but like at that point it was very quiet like it didn't mm. feel like the rangers were in the playoffs yet at all right um and then when they got to the carolina series i, th- I would say when they won game four in that carolina series all of a sudden when they just boom like it was like everywhere yeah and that's the that's the sense of, that's the thing i like it's like no we don't need to be bothered we don't need to be bothered by a game uh, a, a january game against the Blue Jackets, because we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 be showing up in uh in in May against the yeah. against the Lightning. Like we'll 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 check in there when the going really gets good. And can you get into the? I won't be in the building, of course, because <laughs> <laughs> those, those seats are are saved for Liam Neeson and and Jimmy Fallon, who by the way completely they show Jimmy Fallon on the screen in uh, Game Five. Rangers up one nothing. Mm. A couple minutes later, Rangers are tied one one, and they end up losing the game. So. <laughs> You know, that that goes to show you that I hope they're happy that they disappointed Liam Neeson and possibly Paul Bettany too. Who I, I yeah, think exactly like it's 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 like those are the the type of people who are like right. they, they yeah. have Ranger fan. There are of course good Ranger fans and whatever, but there are there is a a group of Ranger fans who are just these deep pocketed monsters who say to their um, personal assistants sometime around hmm, mid March, "Hey, uh, I'm make sure I'm in New York." Um, from from May 10th to the 30th, because I might want to go to a couple of Ranger playoff games. Mm. Um, and those personal assistants say, "Sure, do you do you, do you need, do you need me to make a call?" And like, no, 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 not yet. Yeah, it's only February. They're, they're playing the Red Wings tonight. I don't I don't give a shit. I'm I'm going to be going out. Like, but but if they are in the playoffs, make sure I'm in the building. Okay, yeah. like that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, even just personally, anecdotally, one of my best friends is a Rangers fan, and I didn't hear anything from him until they were up two games and on in the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, my wife just started a, a part-time job, and she just found out that her boss is a Rangers fan, and she's been working there for about a month and a half or so. And it never occurred to them to say anything, you know. And it was like, oh, she was she j- joked with the 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 woman like, oh, I can't talk to you because I'm my husband is a huge Islanders fan. So, but uh, um, there was a, an ugly incident after. 
uh, game five uh, at the Garden, and uh, we did hear that the arresting officer also was an Islanders fan. So that's a <laughs> fun little little tidbit there. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it is funny, and and I wanted. I'm glad you brought this up because I want to say like it's already started happening. The Rangers are getting picked to win the cup next year for the, all those reasons that you said. You know, they're young, they got the goalie, blah blah blah, and. All I got to say is that sucks. You know, obviously we're going to have to live with that as Islanders fans, but I don't need to remind anybody listening to this that the Islanders were picked to win this year's Stanley Cup and their season went to hell within six weeks. <laughs> so things happen. And like you said, I mean, anything could potentially go wrong. We don't know who's going to be. I mean, I'm assuming the Strom will probably resign, but I think, you know, like Cop and Vetrano might move on or, or you know, maybe Vetrano stays and Cop and Strom go someplace else or whatever. Um, yeah, Fox is going to get paid a lot. The, you know, the fact that Panarin went very quiet, the fact that, you know, Kako went very quiet is going to be something they're going to have to figure out. Um, they'll find – I already saw Howie Rose tweeting, and I mean, I love Howie to death, and he's like, they need more grit. You know what that means. Yeah. Somebody who scores goals is going to have to get jettisoned for somebody that doesn't. They already got Ryan Reeves. I don't know what else they're going to need. Um and uh, sadly for Gerard Gallant, who seems like just this, one of the nicest, classiest guys in the league, uh, he has a very short shelf life when it comes to coaching jobs. So I don't know what that means either. You're bringing some, you know, bring back Tortorella or something at some point. But it, it seems like they, their, um, their general manager has been dolanized a little bit, mm-hmm. which is only good can only mean good things for us. Which is, <laughs> you know, that's that's part of why this this right. this run became so harrowing was because there is a. If, if they win the Stanley Cup, obviously none of it matters. Like hmm. Drury could trade away Panarin and Zibanejad for, uh, you know, for for Nick Bonino or something, and and, <laughs> and it wouldn't matter because they just won the Stanley Cup, right? Like, but um, with them losing, like now all of a sudden the ball starts to get a little, it starts to roll a little bit, gets a little interesting because uh, he he seems uh, just from some things that I've heard that like the. Who will who who? This is Jeff Gordon's team. Chris Drury just is the yeah. the general manager right now. That stuff, which is the thing we heard too, that this right. was Snow's team and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, and and apparently that stuff is not doesn't sit well with uh, <laughs> with the GM of 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 the of the Rangers right now. And so there, I mean, it, it's there is like a, a situation where you can imagine that that some. I mean, he he traded away Pavel Buchnevich for for Sammy Blay for for some reason. I don't know right. why, like. Uh, Bushnevich is awesome and he's really good for the Blues like if they had him you want to talk about like grit and, and someone who's really good five on five mm. Pavel Bushnevich is both of those things and uh, he's gone now and uh, so like there there is a, an opportunity here where we see kind of you know ja- vintage James Dolan happen <laughs> right like we see something crazy and something where you watch from afar and you're like wow the Rangers just signed Bobby Holik to a 12 year deal for some reason and <laughs> and the the problem is that like it it is a it's it's a salary cap league it's it's parity whatever but if you you are a team like the Leafs or the Rangers where you have a ton of money it's always going to be easier for you it's oh, like you just you can spend that money on on uh you can spend as much money as you want on, on other things and like scouting and and just bulking up your kind of organization where the, like smaller market teams can't do it um but you can also afford you you can afford to make mistakes like you can basically trade you can you can do what the Leafs did with Nick Ritchie or what they'll try to do with Peter Mrazek you can make these mistakes and and make them disappear um as long as there aren't too many of them and you know the the Rangers have have that luxury as well that's why the rebuild quote-unquote rebuild was was so was so short like like they could basically 
they have you have the money to to take chances and to take risks. Um, uh, sign. They're they're always going to be a marquee free agent landing spot, so you can sign people like Panarin and people like a- Andrew Fox or Jacob True. Uh, Andrew Fox, Adam Fox or <laughs> Jacob True, but will will basically say like they'll only be traded to here or whatever. Like that that stuff will always end up going their way, uh, which is just so frustrating, right? Like the Islanders worked so hard, had to do so mm. much just to get to two Eastern Conference Finals and, and lose them. Like it took 30 something years for that to happen in my life. Like, and, and to watch the Rangers be able to erase uh, or, or to, to, to rebuild, catch a bunch of breaks and get there in, I don't know, five years, whatever it was. It, it just shows you what the diff, what it means to be a big market team and another one. So, yeah. but the point I'm making is that if he, if, if you make one or two of those mistakes, it's, it's one thing, but if you start to compound them, then it becomes a little more difficult. And, like you can't, you're not going to be able to to trade the Barclay Goudreau contract. Like Ryan Reeves has a, he's a 1.75, so it's not like crazy, but like he's he's a body for next year, and like they don't have the cap flexibility um, next year to to make uh, to make mistakes because they already made them. Like by trading Buchnevich, by by signing Goudreau to that big deal, to bringing in Reeves, like Kreider's contract eventually won't age well. I really hate that guy, um, <laughs> and so like it's 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 really not outside the realm of possibilities. And this is why today's and yesterday are so great that because they didn't win in this season, like you, we could see a, an, an epic kind of flash in the pan here from this team. And they could, yeah. like you said, like Gallant has a shelf life, like the Shesterkin, if he puts up another season, like he did last year, that just means he's the best goalie ever. Like he's, it's really <laughs> not going to ha- like, it's, it's unlikely that he's going to be – he'll be good, but he's going to be as good as next year as, as he was. No, we probably just saw his best season. We probably just saw Chris Kreider's best season. So they're not going to be able to to, to get away with the mistakes that they made last offseason. Yeah. Again, this offseason. Um, and it looks like they're they're hell-bent on making them, which is the taco <laughs> thing and stuff. So there's, there's reasons to be optimistic about them being pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, it's just uh, anything can happen. Like I said, I mean, I know it sucks to think about what happened with the Islanders in, in relation to the Rangers, but it just goes to show you really, really anything can happen. And, uh, you know, we, we, we don't need to pencil them in yet. And, and that goes for the Lightning, too, we should say real quick. Um, obviously, you're in their third straight cup final and i know that there's a segment of the islanders fan base that is like you know rooting hard obviously against tampa here because they don't we don't want the the lightning to kind of reach the heights or god god only knows eclipse the heights of the dynasty islanders and i just you know i just want to put into perspective like for that to happen three things need to happen one the lightning would need to beat the avalanche this series which is obviously not a given because the abs are, are really really good and they're really fast. And as you can see, the Lightning had some trouble with Rangers early in the season. Also fast team. Or in the series are also fast team. So they got to do that, number one. Number two, they got to win next year's Cup, too, which is obviously far from, from a given. I mean, there's a lot that goes on to a season. And even if they did that, they would need to win the next Stanley Cup, too. <laughs> you know? And that's like, it really is incredible. And you're going to see a lot. I mean, even if whether they win or lose, you're going to see a lot of, you know, comparisons with the Islanders and rightfully so I mean they've been great for a long time now but like just what that team was able to do in you know that era is just mind-boggling and I know it all becomes you know this is my whole Islanders award winners podcast like it all kind of blends together it all goes on a Wikipedia page and you read it in two seconds but like 
that's really extraordinary. And you think about how we've lived through this Tampa era. Obviously, the Islanders crossing paths with them two years in a row. It's just we're we're right in it. And they're still barely halfway to the point where the Islanders were in the dynasty era. It's unbelievable, you know. It's and if man, if they beat the Avalanche, good on them, but like they would have to win two more cups to to eclipse the Islanders. It's crazy. So I mean, if you want to root for Tampa in this thing, that's fine. I mean, obviously I think most Islanders fans are probably rooting for the Avalanche. And that's fine too. Uh I, you know, I, do I want to see what happens with, if Devon Taves win a Stan, wins the Stanley Cup and all the guys are like, whoa, what a too, stupid trade that is. Uh, two, two, first, two second round picks. Uh, you know, all right, guy, we got it. We've had this down for two years. We get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. But at the same time, uh, even if Tampa wins, I wouldn't I wouldn't really be sweating it because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's I mean, a lot of way to go. There's, there's a part of this that's, that, that really has been pissing me off so much about the Rangers is that they've forced us to root for three teams we hate. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> along the way, right? Like the Penguins. Yeah. I mean, as just a quick aside, you know, the Penguins are just the worst, man. They like, really how could are. you not hold on and win that series and, and just make <laughs> this would this would we'd be done with this two right. weeks ago and yeah. it's just so annoying. And and then of course in the Hurricanes and now the Lightning, a team that broke our heart two years running. Um uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I don't really care what, one way or the other. Truly, who wins the series? I kind of, I just almost as like a as as a gratitude, a sign of my gratitude. I'm going to root for the Lightning because not only did they eliminate the Rangers, they 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 eliminated the Leafs too. Like the Lightning did us some huge right. solids here. Yeah. Like it's almost, uh, uh, you know, we're we're sorry that we had to what we had to do to you, but we'll we'll make it up to you as best we can, kind of thing. Um, and I mean, and and the way that they did it to the Rangers, oof. Mm. I mean, two games where they won on on goals inside two minutes left. Then of course the game six thing that I just went into detail on. Mm. Uh, it it they they really t- took the Rangers beating heart, and it was beating <laughs> uh, loud. Yeah, oh, they had uh, they had all the momentum, all the vibes, right. all everything. Yeah, two nothing in game three. Yeah, and on the power play, and. The, the lightning just took that heart and, and they ate it in front of their faces. And, and it was a lot of fun to watch <laughs> looking back on it during when it was happening. wasn't fun yet because you didn't know the outcome. Um, but yeah, like it's, I'm, I'm totally okay with the lightning right now. Like <laughs> that sounds weird and people might, it might piss people off, but it's like, uh, they, they, they did us two huge solids here. Um, John, John Cooper did us a, a huge, <laughs> Huge solid um, by yeah. just completely outfoxing uh, Turk, Galan, and Sheldon Keefe in two mm. out of the three series that they won. Uh, so mm. it's uh, yeah, it's like as far as like a, as a series go, like from a neutral standpoint, it's it's great. Uh, the, the Avalanche and Lightning, it's it's fun. I do wonder like what's more annoying: the Lightning winning a third cup and knowing you know there's a obviously part of the fan base that really hates them, or like you said, the kind of athletic bunch uh mm. and i'm talking about the athletic not not people who are athletic uh <laughs> coming out and being like you know it's so nice to see that the the best team in the nhl finally gets rewarded and showing us okay. all the charts like oh no, no no we didn't need to like run numbers to see that this team was good and mm. that they might win the stanley cup because they're the best team in the league like we could tell um yeah. we, we've watched the nhl too we didn't need you to explain <laughs> it to us with, with these incoherent charts i, um, I think uh, i think those guys will be home uh, simulating Leafs uh, avalanche series so that they can make sure that the Leafs would have won. So they could be like, you know, if the <laughs> Leafs had gotten past the Lightning, they definitely would have beaten the Avs for the Cup. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, I mean, it's so good. Like that's the thing. Like that, mm. the the leaf. And going back to that point about the fan bases being so being so different, so irritating, but in such different ways. Like, mm. yeah, that's the Leafs' way. Whereas the Ranger fans are, they're talking about, oh my god, what a ride we had! Like this mm. team's special garden is just the best place when it's rocking. And then, mm. um, you know, in a in a week from now they'll be back to not thinking about the Rangers and right. Uh, well, they'll, they'll remember that the Yankees exist and then right. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, and then they'll check back in, you know, either next May or the May after that or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, yeah. It's just, I mean, you look around that, it's, it's, it is gratifying when mm-hmm. they're the, if you take the two, the two kind of uh, last home games for those two fan bases, right? Like Leafs game seven against the lightning Rangers game five against the lightning. Um, when the Leafs lost, it was just a bunch of people didn't, nobody left the building like right away. It was like, mm. just like sunken faces, very sad. And, and, uh, you, you could feel the despair in the air and, and maybe Leafs <laughs> Plaza and all that. Like, it's just like, everyone just saw a ghost again, even though they were told, Hey, like this, there's a ghost that's going to show up at the end mm. of the series. You've seen him before. You saw him last year, the year before, the year before that he's a very you know, scary ghost to you. We think he's quite funny. Um, but he's going to show up and they're like, nah, no ghosts don't exist. And then the ghost shows up and, and that's the look you get on everyone's face. Hmm. And then the Rangers fans, that goal goes in off of, you know, Sergeyev to Palat's shin pad, um, a, a very Rangers goal, by the way. I mean, right. where th- I've seen that goal go in a million times in my life, whether it's off of, you know, Chris Kreider or Dom Moore or <laughs> Jason Ward or whoever, um, is parked in front of the net for the Rangers at that time everyone just turned around and left, you know, like yeah. it's just like watching the garden spill out after a moment like that is, <laughs> is just the best. It's like, all right, like, let's go. Right. We, we gotta, we gotta get, uh, you know, either like a dinner or a show, like, thank God the game didn't, <laughs> hey, at least the game didn't go to overtime because we're still be able to make the nine thirty dinner at right. you know, ba- Balthazar or something. Right. Like it's, it's, we can grab the of course, 45 train out of, uh, out of uh, Penn station. Yeah. I got a fight to get into on the right. 45 train back yeah. to Spionk. So I'm going to get on it. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you know, they have a lot to think about, but uh, we could all rest easy, which is very nice. Uh, yeah. So, the off season gets to start. Finally. Yes. Finally, yeah, exactly. the Islanders off season starts. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and actually we're going to talk about some Islanders moves on the other side of the break. They did make them. You may have missed them, but they did make a couple of little moves and uh, we'll talk about that and uh, a couple of the moves that uh, maybe they could possibly make uh, during the off season. So uh, come on back uh, in a couple minutes. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. The season never stops at VintageIceHockey.com, so you can buy that kind of stuff all year round. They're adding stuff new all the time. Uh, and if you use the code Long Island, you can save 10% off anything in the store. They also have our Al Arbor t-shirt and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real. Residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or over. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé. All under $15 a bottle. Available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. If you're going to a concert or something this summer, or if you were at the Belmont Stakes, I hope you had some Pinot Project wine. Uh, please play and drink responsibly. So, yes, as I teased before, uh, the Islanders did make uh, a little move last week and uh, didn't get a ton of attention. Uh, a couple of tweets and a one-sentence announcement on the website that <laughs> you can still see. Um, they have let go of assistant coaches Jim Hiller and John Gruden, both of whom had been on Barry Trotz's staff uh, for a couple of years. Gruden had been there since... Trotz took over and then Hiller joined uh, after year one. Um, I don't know what this means. I guess it means more importantly that Lane Lambert is going to add some, some new guys to his staff. Maybe he's got some people uh, in mind that he wants to add. Um, You know, I I think Gruden was maybe more the defensive guy and Hiller I know was brought in to, to work on the Islanders power play. Um, Somebody told me the Islanders power play was like 12th in the NHL last year, which sounds a whole lot better than it actually was to watch, <laughs> which was torturous at times. Uh, if that's the way it shook out, hey, uh, that's, I guess, better than I thought. But, boy, the Islanders have never had a good power play, at least not since, not in my lifetime, uh, or at least, you know, not since. It was, it was a, yeah, like Adrian, the last Adrian good Coyne, power yeah. play is like the Adrian <laughs> Coyne one. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I not that I'm glad to see these guys go. I'm sure they'll land on their feet someplace. But, uh, you know, I, again, I think it's Lambert maybe wanted to put, his stamp on the coaching staff and and maybe he's got some guys in mind. I don't I don't have a Rolodex of assistant coaches off the top of my head, so I don't know who could possibly come in. Um, but you know, they know what they need and, and they know, you know, they they obviously watch the power play work and be pretty ineffective for most of the, the season. So I think they're gonna work on that. And then as far as, you know, uh Mitch Korn and Piero Greco go, uh they're both with the team still. Um, you know, Korn, there was some talk of maybe him kind of leaving the team it's sort of independent of Trotz's uh, dismissal. Um, you know, he's kind of on the older side. Maybe he wants to retire or something like that. And Greco, I, as far as we know, is still here and, and there's no plans on him going anywhere. So uh, th- those are the two guys I think are the most important, I th- I think, I feel, at least from where I'm sitting because, you know, the Islanders goaltending has been so good. But uh, but it was funny that they just, they announced this. And outside of, it was a tweet from Andrew Gross, I think a tweet from Kevin Kurz and a one-sentence announcement on the website. And it's like, yeah, Sounds like the Islanders right there. They don't really, you know, it's not a really big deal. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. So keep an eye open for, uh, you know, some assistant coach stuff coming in. And that leads us to the other coaching vacancies in the league. And and since we last spoke last time, the Bruins, I mean, if, if Trotz's firing was shocking to most people, and I think it was, the Bruins letting go of Bruce Cassidy uh, is an even bigger shocking, is even more of a shocking thing because, like, these dudes were good. Like, I don't. To me, Bruce Cassidy is one of the better coaches in the league. I know they got into the whole New York Saints thing and <laughs> had a, you know, <laughs> a tendency to whine about that stuff. But, I mean, that happened. And we were all – I mean, everybody on my timeline was like, huh? 
that's weird. And then if you go to the uh, the athletic and read Fluto Shinzawa's kind of behind the scenes thing, like there was a lot of kind of miscommunication there between him and Don Sweeney, who go back like 15 years to to Cassidy's time in Providence. So uh, it's a little crazy, but now there's another opening out there. And, uh, you know, I don't – it doesn't sound like the Bruins want to go in a sort of Trotzian direction. Um, but according to a couple of the random tweets, Barry Trotz is high on the list for both the Flyers and Bruins, which is like, okay, so he's the third winningest coach in the NHL. Really? You guys figured that out all by yourself? He's <laughs> high on the list. So I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't – you know, we'll see. But it, it, it's weird that – I thought it was very strange that, you know, for the Islanders – you know, the, the trots news had kind of calmed down. Obviously, they named Lambert. And then here comes the Cassidy news. <laughs> and it's like, boom. Oh, my God. What have they done? Like, it's just a very strange thing to me. I don't know. I, I kind of like Bruce Cassidy. But it's yeah, strange. yeah. I actually I remember bef- after trots was like, go being like, eh, maybe yeah. I should wait to see if the Bruins get bounced in the first round because there could be a chance that he goes. And um, obviously, that didn't happen. And uh it's not a not a big deal at all. Like <laughs> that they went with Lane Lambert over Bruce Cassidy because we truly have no idea what's going to happen. Um, but uh, what's interesting about the Bruins, I think, more than uh, just the the firing of Cassidy is that like a, a couple of days before that, they announced like a ridiculous, like he- ridiculously heavy new injury news dump on a Friday. Oh, right, yeah. It was like Charlie McAvoy, Mike Riley, Matt Grizzlick. Brad Marchand um, and Bergeron, if they come back, if he comes back, like they're all going to miss significant time, like into the mm. holidays, basically yeah. next year. Um, so it's like, okay, like, but they they could maybe be bad, like, mm. and and that's why uh, you know you started to hear the, the Pasternak stuff, which we'll talk about mm. in a little bit, um, and and it. That, at that point, I started to realize, like with the coaching changes, like there's still so many teams without a coach. There's still so many good coaches, or or coaches with with great reputations out there. Um, the the league is just it's it feels like there's a shift coming a little bit with uh, just like how the sh- league is structured. Uh, we 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 kind of felt it before like 2010, basically when when the Kings and Blackhawks were like starting to like become juggernauts in, in the West. And all of a sudden the West just became this, this powerhouse conference. And then um, after that uh, sharks penguin series, I guess you would say uh, it started to shift back towards the East. And, or you could even say the year before that with, with even though the Rangers lost like the, in the Stanley cup, uh, it started to feel like the power is kind of shifting back towards the East. And it's, it's basically been like, the East has just been kind of deeper. I feel like for a while now, um, because those, those two dynasties ended up, you know, they ended and, uh, nobody really took the torch. Cause you had teams like that were supposed to do it, like the Oilers or, um, you know, even like the, then like the Knights came in and, and kind of screwed everything up as well. Like, <laughs> it, was, like it, it got weird in the West for right. a while. And, um, the East kind of kept chugging along because of the Capitals and the Penguins and the, um, the Bruins, the the Leafs, and of course the Lightning. Like the Leafs, the the, the East has won every Stanley Cup since that Penguins one, mm. right? Since those yeah. two Penguins, then it was the Capitals, the Blue or the Blues, then the Capitals, then Lightning, Lightning. Like so, but now it feels like it could be shifting back a little bit. And, and I know I say this all the time before seasons or at the end of seasons, but the Metro should, with with all the uncertainty, the East and the Metro should 
be kind of soft or there for the taking for the Islanders to reassert themselves, which is a, a very important thing. Like, like if the Islanders played in the Pacific division last year, like they, they probably would at least be fighting for, for a playoff spot for a lot longer than they actually were. Um, because like, you just look, you just take a look around, like the Capitals and Penguins, they both ran out of gas at the playoffs. Um, they're not terribly deep anymore. Mm. They're older. Neither team has goaltending that you can trust. Um, I mean, and then of course, like the Bruins stuff you just talked about, there's a bunch of other teams looking for, for coaches, the flyers. And uh, you just take a look at the, the way the East should shake up. I mean, the, the Panthers haven't even confirmed their coaches staff for next year. Yeah. That's year. really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's just strange. I mean, and, and so you're just like, you're looking at it. You're like, Oh, all right. Like, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be that daunting anymore like it was the past couple of years i mean and i guess the islanders were, were one of the behemoths because they, they they ended up having two conference final visits um and were expected to 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 be really good this year uh so with with like the other the kind of middle pack i mean even the red wings don't have a coach and the, the like the, there's so many questions around those teams too the devils are mm. no goalie and it's mm. like there's so much at the risk of sounding like Jeff Merrick and, and Elliot Freeman, <laughs> this is going to be like a really interesting off season. Cause I can't really remember it ever looking like this before um, an off season began. Hold on. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> oh, sorry. Um, I can't really remember it. Like the landscape looking like this before an off season began with like big name coaches being out, no a bunch of coaching vacancies. And then now, all these big name players who are either on the trading block or, you know, in the case of like Johnny Gaudreau or, or Phil Forsberg, a free agents. Like it's, it, it feels like it's, this one has been a long time coming. Um, I'm going to say it, it sounds bad, but it, it feels like that Andrew Ladd off season a little bit, <laughs> uh, not, not, not because I think the Islanders will end up making a huge mistake, but right. just like that was, that's the last time I can remember it, of like this being this much hype. Yeah. Before an off season, and of course now that that season that off season is is has lived in on in infamy. But um, <laughs> that's just that's just how it, it kind of fe- it feels very uh, like like there's going to be like a new NHL, <laughs> like, yeah. like almost like coming out of a lockout year. Uh, yeah. Season. Well, there's definitely there's definitely a chance for a lot of movement. Obviously, like you said, there's like half a dozen coaches coaching vacancies now. They're going to start getting filled. I we hear all the time that Gary Bettman doesn't like teams making noise and news. During the Cup final, I mean that's why Jason Spezza. That's why, of course, yeah. he, he held his press conference on a Sunday because yes. uh, as Kyle Dubas let everybody know right when that press conference started. Jason is so classy that he didn't he didn't want to do the pre- he didn't want to announce his retirement on a day where where there were NHL playoff games because he didn't want to take away from it. It's it's very nice of the Leafs to let a guy who played for Ottawa and <laughs> Dallas have a moment like that. My God, the worst. Anyway, um, but yeah, like there's there's a chance that there's a lot of. So it might be some retirements going on. I, I uh, during the hockey night in Canada panel from Saturday night, the the uh, Friedman was talking about how uh, uh, the Oilers have given Mike Smith and Duncan Keith time to like tell them what they want to do. I mean, could you imagine these two guys go from the Eastern from the Western Conference Final to like, eh, I'm going to retire now? Like, what? Well, okay, <laughs> what does that mean for the Oilers? Like, they have no goalie then. So um, there's a lot of a lot of chance for them. And even if like a team. So again, we talked about you know the Leafs. They have to sign Jack Campbell. Like he's he's a UFA, and they have no room to sign him. So 
even if they get him signed, that means they're going to have to make a big trade and somebody might go someplace else. So there is a lot of chance for movement here. Um, you know, the Islanders are right there. Like they've got a lot of cap space. Yes, they have to sign Noah Dobson and uh, uh, Barzell's going to need a new contract starting next year. He, he's eligible to resign starting July 1st. So, I mean, there's a lot of chances to move around, and, and obviously the coaching is a big thing. You know, where Barry Trotz goes, I hope it's in the Western Conference. I really do. I Again, the Bruins seem to give me uh, vibes of, like, wanting a younger guy. If you, the, whole, the whole point of firing Cassidy, we didn't even say, was that he had kind of a, a, an issue with the younger players. And it's just funny to me because, like, this is like every coach in the league. I, I just—it was funny <laughs> to me reading the article again, the same article today about how like, you no, know, he he let guys like Bergeron and Marchand and Pasternak kind of run the the locker room, and then he was tough with the younger players. Well, like, isn't that kind of every coach? Like, I don't know. It just sounds like a normal locker room to me. I don't know. I'm not not a pro hockey player, but uh, you know, so it seems to me like they want to go in a younger way. The Flyers, um. They're they were also looking I mean, at John Tortorella. They're, de- they're destined for Tortorella. I mean, oh yeah, oh, like definitely. that is it's yeah. it's perfect, right? The the perfect combination of we have no patience whatsoever, and the, you've heard of this guy before. Like that's the Flyers in a nutshell, basically. Yeah. So they're going to do that. Um, you know, I I think I, I hate to say this for Winnipeg Jets. I have no problem with Winnipeg. I, I'm sure no Winnipeg Jets fans are listening to this, but like I think if if the Jets if he wanted to sign with the Jets. I think he would have done it already. You know what I'm saying? Like we've we've been through this almost with the John Tavares thing. Like if he wanted to stay, he would have just stayed. He would have just went, yeah, this is fine. I'll sign here. I don't know. Vegas also. Dallas also. Uh, Rick, Rick Bonus stepped down. Looks like he's probably going to retire or something. Um, maybe he comes back to the Islanders as, as an assistant coach. You never know. But, uh, you know, there's a lot going on there. Dallas is kind of a weird team. They just traded Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop to, to the Sabres <laughs> in a dump. And, and by the way, there's nothing more hockey than – People taking time out of their summer days to complain about the Stars giving up a pick to trade Ben Bishop <laughs> to, to Buffalo. To, and people are like, why did we give up a pick? Dude, it's a seventh-round pick. He's off your books. That's why. What are you doing? What are you getting your, you know, your butt in a twist for? Like, give me a break. You know, sweat this seventh-round pick. I don't know. It's, people are crazy. But um, anyway, yeah, so I think you're right. There is a, there is a chance for a lot of movement. Now, as far as the movement goes, um, there's a couple of names out there that have kind of gotten into the rumor mill. We'll talk about them. Uh, I don't know how accurate these things are, but uh, I'll start with you. You heard some some rumors. I mean, they're out there. They're just you know floating around. But uh, there's a guy that you think that the Islanders might be able to get in a trade, uh, and uh, it would be a pretty exciting get. So uh, who, who do you think that guy is? Yeah, I think uh, – well, first of all, it's, it's – it's nice because the Islanders have the space and like kind of the roster flexibility and the um, kind of, uh, I guess like the reasoning to, to be in yeah. the, the urgency to be in the mix for these guys. Sure. Uh, and the guy that I kind of was thinking about, it, his name started to pop up a lot this week, but even a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, I, like I said, I never think about the Islanders off season during the Ranger <laughs> run. It's my rule. Um, so this was way early. And I was like, you know what, who may who make a lot of sense for this team because it, uh, would be Alex Dabrinkit, um from the Blackhawks because it it's not just a fit from for the player. He's he's a, a clinical finisher, good goal scorer. Uh, if healthy, you can basically pencil him in between thirty to forty, uh, which is something you can't really say about any Islanders. Um, so uh, he's a perfect fit for in that regard. But the team 
the teams are a good fit because the the Blackhawks are in the the kind of that that weird part of the rebuild in the beginning of a rebuild where you basically just spend your an entire summer plus the first half of the next year just tearing everything down um and and trying to get nobody useful in return that can like like they wouldn't want Simeon Varlamov for example even though they don't have any goalies like they wouldn't want Varlamov in return because he would win them too many games um just by being good uh so they would just look be looking for futures and yes I know the Islanders prospect pool is uh not great, but they they have a first round pick in this draft. They have one in the next draft, and I I know people skittish about giving up the first in the next draft, but like then the, the year after that they have a first. Like it's they'll they'll be able to cobble together enough quantity. Um, I think for a team like the Blackhawks who will who aren't looking for you know they're not looking for the type of they're not looking for Anthony Beauvillier for example, mm-hmm. right? They're looking for maybe a, a Wallstrom or Bellows type player where it's like all right, young guy who who we can maybe develop, and if he's either going to be good by the you know he'll hit his peak by the time we're ready to contend or we can do with him what we're going to do with alex to and uh you know dominic kubalik or whoever and, tra- and then trade him after he <laughs> starts to um you know come 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 of age in the nhl so i i just think the two uh the two teams fit together the player is perfect uh for, for what the islanders need of course the the scary thing here is that like so it's to now Fiala's out there. Uh, oh yeah, Pasternak, as you were saying. Um, I think like I think we'll probably start to hear like Clayton Keller's name a little bit mm. from the from the Coyotes. Um, and so there, there are all these good scoring forwards, scoring wingers. Uh, but <laughs> and that, that is a huge priority for the Islanders. But mm-hmm. they also need to like not lose the forest for the trees here, which is like they need to, the, the the biggest issue is that they don't have a a second pair of defensemen on that uh, left side. So right. like, like they need to, they still need to replace Devon Taves and Nick Letty, um, which like, if, if you do, it, that's not saying that you, you can't do both. Like you, you, you need to do both. So mm. um, it is funny. Just like as soon as these names started to pop up, everyone forgot about Jacob Chikrin, including myself. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, screw him. Like, let's just go. <laughs> with, let's, go with, let's get good pasta. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I heard the Debrinket stuff. Uh, the way it's been couched is that like everybody that's not that's not named Taves or Kane uh, could possibly be moved. Um, both those guys have one year left on their deals, but they would have to like get blown away in a trade, and that's where the Islanders kind of lose me. Like, I don't know if they could necessarily necessarily blow the Blackhawks out of the of the way on a trade. Like, you know, um, they gave up. They got a lot for Brandon Hagel, and people are like, "Why would they trade that much for Brandon Hagel?" Well, they got a lot for him, so I mean, that that's the kind of deal that they're looking for. I don't know if the Islanders are there. I do think, though, that if they wanted to get out from under the last year of Patrick Kane's contract, yeah, I feel like that would be a chance for the Islanders to pounce and yeah. kind of get in there at fifty percent or something I, like that. Yeah. I think so too. Every time I kept hearing like that, everybody except for Kane and Taves were available. Right. I was like, why? Why wouldn't you? Oh, it's Seth Jones too. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, well, his contracts. It's, it's <laughs> right. his contracts. He moved. But like, I think Kane too. Like him. Do you imagine how happy Matt Barzell would be oh if, my his, God. if his like idol was came sure. over and and um. So like I, I but that's the thing. Like these are possibilities. Right. And that wasn't the case for the Islanders going into the past couple off seasons where it, you knew it was just going to be really really quiet. Um. I mean, let's think about like who they brought in right. from, from externally, right? Mm. Like Palmieri was already here, um, so he doesn't even count. But it was mm. uh, it was 
uh, Chara, Parisi, Andy Andrioff, of course, Paul Ledoux. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. like, and the year before that, after they, they had traded Devon Taves, and I think that was, re- I mean, like, what? I can't even think of anybody else that they, they brought in. Like, because yeah. they basically just ran it back with, you know, Green was already here, Pajot right. was already here. Well, that was, that was the long, sort of the long off season, you know, like where they, they had the bubble and then they didn't come right. back until January. So yeah. yeah, And, I, and I, then, like, I mean, they had Sorokin, yeah. Sorokin like was, I guess right. the big acquisition because he finally come over. Well, and, then they, then they got Palmieri, like you said, you know. Yeah. In the, mi- trade, in the middle, so. like, but like in right. the summer, like since, since the Tavares summer, Lou's first summer, yeah. when they, like, when they brought in Kamarov, re-signed Hickey, and of course, now well Philpola enshrined yeah exactly guy. the yeah. enshrined <laughs> the enshrined into the weird islanders <laughs> universe of Val Philpola uh yeah. it's it's like it's it's been very quiet in the summers yeah definitely uh, which and uh. it goes back to what, what we've been saying about Lou a little bit which is we've seen a lot of different sides of Lou that like we knew existed from his devil's mm. days but we haven't seen the crazy you know trade out of thin air mm. or move out of thin air that nobody saw coming side of Lou yet you know, right. like we knew, like the Pajot trade made perfect sense. Yeah, like, Paul Mary people. Paul Mary trade yeah. made perfect right. sense, and and so I wonder. Ho- hopefully, this is that summer. <laughs> like he shows, he still got that that fastball left, and and yeah. the Islanders uh, can can reap the benefits of yeah. You know the the, the Ilya Kovalchuk kind of move. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, so I can kind of almost see Kane being that guy, kind of for all the reasons you just said. Uh, whether or not he stays, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm glad you brought up the the hole on the defense too, because to me the guy, you know, everybody wants Johnny Gaudreau. He's a UFA or or even Forsberg. I, I don't see either of those guys coming here. I don't see either of those teams really letting those guys go. To be honest with you, but there is a UFA out there that I think the Islanders could and should sign, and his name is John Klingberg from Dallas. I think you put Klingberg. I know everybody wants Chikrin. He's younger, whatever. My thing is if you put Klingberg. In that four with his, you know, he's he is that upgrade over Nick Letty that I think we've been waiting for. Like, he's very good. And I feel like he's the guy they would get. And, you know, honestly, I, I think maybe he could potentially sign here. <laughs> I don't know what he wants. Uh, it's going to be a lot. But, you know, he, he didn't want to sign an extension. He wanted to trade for a long time. But I think he's a more realistic option for the Islanders at, at UFA. And I think he would fill a huge hole for them, uh, which, like you just said, you know, they can't forget that that part they need that. Yeah. and pairing him up with Dobson I think that'd be pretty darn good or even Mayfield I think that'd be pretty good uh the, so yeah. yeah the UFA markets we're talking about how there's gonna be so much movement but the UFA market's really strange it's like yeah it like it drops off precipitously pretty quickly and um but I think what one of the, the good things about this potential trade window is that uh there are there are a lot of like there's a surplus of players that fit what the Islanders need. So like mm-hmm. if they don't get Fiala. Right. In, in that, in that, in that part, like the, the defenseman's different, right? Like it's either you trade for Chikrin, it seems right. like, or else you need to get a big free agent. Uh, whereas like for the winger, for the winger need, it's, you can, if you miss out on Fiala, well then you can go to, for, for to or mm. then you can go for Pasternak or you don't get those guys. Then you can go dip into the, the free agent pool and be like, all right, let's, you know, take a shot at Forsberg or Goudreau, who, who I don't think have any chance of signing here. But <laughs> the point is that like, it's eventually suitors are going to be whittled down. Like and right. there's already a limited amount of people who can afford the cap hits for these guys. Like the Rangers can't, the Leafs can't, the, when you look at the contenders, 
uh, and their cap spaces, they, they, they can't like, they just can't take them on. So like the Islanders are, are basically battling with, you know, eight, eight to 10 other teams. It feels like, um, mm-hmm. because you, 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 you throw out the, the tanking teams and, uh, <laughs> then you throw out the, the cash, the cash strap teams. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, the Islanders and 10 other people looking for dance partners. So, um, I, I that's why I don't feel like it's, it is kind of realistic here, um, mm. that, that they land somebody, you know, p- potentially as exciting as when they got Thomas Vanek. Um, but like, if they do strike out, then, <laughs> then it becomes a problem because like that, the, oh, yeah. the free agency market after, after the top guys is a, a, a little scary. Be, yeah. Then you're, then you're hoping that you're Atu Ratis and uh, Samuel yeah. Bulldogs uh, like, oh, work God. out. Right. No, we didn't. We didn't get Kevin Fiala, but don't worry. We 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 signed Danton Heinen into a three year deal. <laughs> well, we we just drafted this kid out of Shawinigan. That's going to be really good. You yeah. know? Uh, um. And well, actually, you know, we've been we've been mentioning his name without actually diving into it. So the thing the thing with Pasternak is it kind of gets back to the Bruce Cassidy thing. So if the if the Bruins want to go in a bit of a younger direction, they don't know what Patrice Bergeron is going to do. He was 37. He did just win his fifth Selkie trophy to us mortals. He seems like he's still pretty good, but he might want to retire. I think it's pretty safe to assume that Char is probably leading towards retirement at this point. Tukarask is already retired. So that whole crew minus uh, Marshan, you know, might be kind of riding off into the sunset. And so if the Bruins want to kind of spur a, um, a rebuild, they can certainly get a lot of pieces for trading one of the premier goal-scoring wingers in the entire league and David Pasternak. I think if you if you think Debrinkat is a perfect match for the Islanders, and he certainly is, uh, I think pa- Pasternak is even better. And and I say that not only could you just slide him onto a line with Matt Barzell and let these two artists work <laughs> their magic together on the ice, but I think, you know, the Islanders do have the 13th overall pick. They also happen to have a young player who's from the Boston area named Oliver Wallstrom, who's a bit of a project. Uh, to me, that trade kind of works out for everybody. Uh, Pasternak, I believe, has two more years on his deal. Then he'll be a UFA. They're going to fork over a lot of dough to keep him if they wanted to. But uh, I would make that trade. I don't know. I, it would yeah. scare me to death, <laughs> but I would do it. And you'd be like, hey, you got Pasternak. Like, what are you going to, you know, and you got to hope to sign him. But hopefully signing, playing with Barzell is enough of an enticement that, that he would say. And, and you know, you get Chara to talk him up, talk the, the, right. the franchise And, and Seidenberg, of course. Dennis and Seidenberg, of course. Yeah. Too. So. Uh, I don't even know if they played together on the Bruins. Yeah, exactly. And so, and the Islanders beat the, the Bruins in the playoffs that year. So last year. So, you know, I, I think, again, that's, that's a bit of a realistic thing. I don't think that's too crazy to think, you know, could I envision David Pasenak in an Islanders Jersey? I don't know, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I see a bit of a, ma- I see a match there, but I, again, much like with the Brinkett, you know, I, I don't know. I find it very hard to believe that the Bruins, I, yeah, I get it. Like, oh yeah, we can get the rebuild started if we trade back. Yeah. But why would you do that though? And you don't have David Pasternak. Oh, also, I forgot one important thing. Uh, Pasternak can get traded to the Islanders and keep his endorsement deal with Dunkin' Donuts because there's a billion Dunkin' Donuts on Long Island, and all he would have to do is just you know film a bunch of new commercials in a New Jersey. So <laughs> works out for everybody. <laughs> that is, it's the it's, that's the type of trade where I, I like, I like it'll creep into my mind when I think about like oh, how great it would be. And then I just completely shut it down. Cause it, it, it just is like, I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with it. I just, it's, it'd be too great. Right. Like yeah. that doesn't happen. That stuff yeah. just doesn't, doesn't happen. Well, the problem uh, is if that happened, then you'd hear, you'd see a bunch of people like, why did the Islanders give up on Oliver Walsh? How could they possibly do that? So, I mean, Pasternak is almost 28 years old. I mean, you know, guys, he passes <laughs> prime. He's, 
getting ready to retire and then you just give him up get you give you get him for this guy would you crazy so yeah that's true yeah he would he would <laughs> uh, all, all the people all the people who like who who uh who love them because he wears those those suits and and all that stuff yeah be like oh yeah how how can't wait to see what lou does to this guy you right know, yeah you know, wait till he goes to, to lose you know to, to does a summer of lou where lou teaches yeah. him how to how to dress like a you know 1950s ad, ad salesman and that's it like you can't. I'm not ready for a shaved pastanet. He's got to have a beard. <laughs> Does he have a beard? No, I don't even know. Don't Who know. cares? I don't want yeah. him to shave anyway. All right. Well, yeah. that's, but it's very important. <laughs> but the point is that it's just great that like these are right. know, possibilities where it's like you're not you're not a team where it's just like and it's we're usually when we do these episodes and we start like the pie in the sky kind of talk, mm. right? It's it's yeah we we're not we're not you know don't don't talk about you know whoever was the big guys last year. Mm. Uh, Patrick Lyonet or Dubois, whoever, like, you know, don't even mention them with the Islanders because they're just not, it's just not going to happen. Whereas this year it's a little different mm. and it's like, yeah, they, that's actually makes some sense on paper given the direction of the team and uh, the roster, the cap um, and, and all that. So of, of course we won't, we won't find out until yeah. September right. um, what, what, what happened. <laughs> we, we might not even find out who the Islanders, if they, if they make a first round pick, who, who they right. drafted, you know, let's say, all right. And with the 13th pick, the Islanders have drafted somebody. And now we'll go to the 14th pick. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I will say we, we talked about this very briefly. I, I do think, like you said, I mean, I think there's going to be an interesting off season. Maybe we see some, some Islanders, you know, some big loose swings at the fence. I think that their draft will be interesting, not so much for who they pick, but, I think they could probably make a move at that point. So uh, we'll have to see. But yeah, if not, they'll just make the 13th pick and you'll be like, oh, some some dude from Finland we never heard about. I don't know. We'll see. There's a couple of cool names. No matter who it is, it'll be a reach. It'll be a yes. reach. Oh, yeah. It'll be a project for sure. Yeah. Um, but but maybe he'll play against men this year. So uh, we'll, we'll have that to look forward to. The other, I don't know if we'd call it news, uh, Belmont Stakes was this weekend. A couple of Islanders in attendance, Scott Mayfield. Kixis Zekas, Oliver Wallstrom, all looking very sharp. I hope they enjoyed themselves. I hope they made some money. Uh, but uh, it was pretty cool to see some Islanders at, at the Belmont Stakes at UBS Arena. And then, of course, I heard that the uh, the anthem singer sings the anthem and then uh, sings "Let's Go" says "Let's Go Rangers" because it's New York and they only have one hockey team, right? Yeah, they only have yeah. Thanks. That's so, so like, good. Reminds me of getting the finger from CeeLo Green at Yankee Stadium for what was supposed to be <laughs> yeah, an Islanders was, home game. Take dude. Incredible. Come on, man. We break. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that's it for now. I think we covered everything. Ranger losses. Yeah. Some trades out Dance there. Dance on like, some graves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's what hockey's all about. So. Yeah. I mean, of course, one team wins the Stanley Cup and the other two are, are the other two are the Rangers and the Maple Leafs. <laughs> and, hey, listen, a lot of people have been dancing on the Islanders grave all season long, uh, going yeah. back to this point last season. So uh, I, I don't feel too bad at all. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you have not listened to our last episode of Weird Islanders, please do. It was fantastic. It was about Rafi Torres with our buddy Nick Costa. Uh, and congrats to Nick on uh, about to uh, – he's working on a new offside tavern in the Lower East Side. So that's going to be exciting. We're going to check that out. And I uh, hope it looks good. You can follow them on TikTok now, and you can kind of watch the the progress of the new place. And uh, that's very exciting. So congrats to our buddy Nick. And uh, listen to Weird Islanders. It was a great episode, as uh, as all of them have been. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Um, I mean, you guys still have like podcasts to do, I mean, for the final, right? You're going to make yeah, some Yeah, yeah, a couple pick. more left. Yeah. Um, and then, then that's it. And 
Um, then I have jury duty in the beginning of July. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh boy. All right. Well, hey, look. Here's the good news: is you don't have to go to jury duty while the Rangers are in the Cup finals. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, I won't oh see anybody there wearing their Rangers shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine, like, the judge is like, Dude, is there any reason why you should not be able to handle your jury duty <laughs> obligations? Yes, because the Rangers are in the cup final. Oh, are you a big Rangers fan? No, I'm not. I hate them. Yeah, I can't deal with it. <laughs> I can't deal I, with them being here. I had, a, I had a softball game on the night of game five at uh. eight, so I got out in time mm. before it ended. Um, and, and I knew, knew a couple people on the other team, and one of them who I've, I've known for a long, long time, um, yeah, probably since I was like four years old. Uh, but <laughs> you just don't. I don't see him all that often anymore. Uh, of course, he knows I'm a big Islander fan, and, and he gets to the first base, and um, so he gets to second base where I was playing, and he's just like, oh. he's like, how are you dealing with this this Rangers run? <laughs> I go, oh, it's, I was like, it's it's ruining my life, and he goes, that's exactly what I thought I was, thought you were gonna say. <laughs> He's, just like, he's, like, he's like word for word. He's like, I just, I, when I knew I was going to ask you that question and I knew you were going to say it's ruining my life. And it's like, yep. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, it, it no. is true. Uh, and uh, it was for a little while. It was ruining my life. Now, now it's now it's over. time to, to live again. And I can't right. wait to, it's it, one quick other thing. I know we've gone long, but uh, it, the other funny, funny thing about the Leafs and the Rangers uh being eliminated is when the Leafs got eliminated. Of course, I I, I went on this engorged myself yeah. on this buffet of Maple Leafs content um, <laughs> because there's something so nice about listening to them. Mm. It's the complete opposite with the Rangers. Like I want to yeah. avoid listening to them talk, like do their season roundups and whatever because it's just such a different way that they approach it. Whereas like the Leafs fans are, you know, they're talking about alternate universes and mm. you know if, you know if maybe they just got lucky or the you know, they're they're filing class action lawsuits against the nhl to get the playoff <laughs> format changed like whereas ranger fans it's just it's just like it's so cringy it's just whoa man we really can't i can't wait to see what lafreniere becomes mm. next year this was just the beginning man like mm. high five it's like two two drunk people high-fiving on the train after <laughs> a game like that's what that sounds like whereas at least it's just so different mm. it's so enjoyable um, I actually might go listen to some some Leaf stuff right after this podcast. And <laughs> Make you feel better. Yeah, yeah, just listen to more of it. It's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it is going to be basically a lot of Rangers people making everybody, you know, you know, if you just shave that guy's head, he's just like Mark Messier. That's how much heart <laughs> this team showed. Yeah, okay, I'm sure. I'm sure they're all like Mark Messier. They're all guaranteeing game six wins and hat tricks and all that. But uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But hey, the good news is there's going to be less of that for the Rangers oh, yeah. than it was for the Leafs. So the pool you have to avoid is, is yeah. going to be a lot more shallow after after next week. They'll be done. Like they're not, you're not going to hear about right, it. Exactly, so you have to worry about. It. But uh, we'll be back next week with another weird Islanders, and then some more anxiety after that, all up until uh, free agency and the draft and stuff. So uh, thanks for listening. Read Lighthouse Hockey. Check out Mike at the Action Network, and uh, we will talk to you again shortly. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye bye.